You're listening to PK Pods, insights and advice to navigate today's workplace. PK Pods is presented by Pro Knowledge LLC, a professional development training and consulting firm based in upstate New York, and features expertise from performance consultant Elaine Angelo, a human resources professional with over 25 years of experience. Now let's get into today's topic. Welcome. I'm Kathleen Pingelski, owner of ProKnowledge Training and Consulting. And with me again is Elaine Angelo, one of our performance consultants. I'm curious, Elaine, I thought we might talk about maybe some pros and cons of personal relationships in the workplace. I know it might, it must naturally happen, right? Because, you know, oh, you yeah. have um, <laughs> people that work together that become attracted to each other. And I'm not, maybe you could share uh, some things to be aware of, maybe some pros or cons or pitfalls or gotcha oh, yeah. moments. Oh yeah. No, there's, there's, there's plenty of those. And I, and I, <laughs> interesting topic, Kathleen, because uh, full, full disclosure here. Um, my, I met my husband. Don't go at there. Work. Yep. No, I met my husband at work. Uh, so I have to say that up front and, and saying that, and we'll be celebrating, uh, 30 years, uh, anniversary, 30 years married. Congratulations. Year. Oh, thank you. Um, I can honestly say though, that even though it quote worked out, um, I would not recommend it to anybody. And, uh, we met in our early twenties, but I have to say that it, it's never easy dating someone at work because you're kind once people know you're kind of like under a microscope and people are watching the way you handle yourself and the way, you know, the interactions between the two of you. And is there going to be some kind of um, either influence or maybe favoritism of the way that you treat each other or whatever? And, and he nor I were in a reporting relationship. You know, he wasn't my manager, nor was I his manager. We, we worked together. Um, but it's not easy. Uh, it's definitely not easy. But I will say this, uh, one of the pros of meeting someone at work that you are attracted to is you, because of the amount of time that you, you work, uh, think about it, eight plus hours, some of us a day are working with individuals whom we get to see how they truly behave in all sorts of different situations. I get to see that person's work ethic. I get to see how they treat other people, especially a variety, a diverse group of people, um, how they handle it when someone disagrees with them. These are all like the basis or the foundations of personal relationships, except we're having them at work. And I think you actually get a really good bird's eye view of someone and what their qualities are when you work with them. And because we spend so much more time uh, at work and the hours of working during the week than we do actually in our personal lives with family and friends, it actually is a, a, a ripe opportunity for people to identify others that they appreciate and then it may become something that they're attracted to uh, and, and attracted to that individual. Um, I'm a member of uh, the Society for Human Resources Management, which is called SHRM, uh, you know, and just recently they did a survey uh, that said just over a third, 34% of those people surveyed, and these were professionals, uh, have or have been in a workplace romance, right? Which is up from 27% from the previous year. Well, that's and a lot. It is a lot. And so it's telling you one out of every three individuals 
uh, has been or is currently in a relationship, meaning that, yeah, that is a ripe environment for you to see someone in a light that says, wow, this would be a good partner. This could be someone that I could spend time with, you know, uh, there's physical attraction perhaps involved. And everybody knows that there's the thing called the office spouse, right? You know, you that you say that there's a, a lot of people say they have an office spouse in this survey from Sherm. Um, a quarter uh, of people said that they had one. And this is really interesting. Of those like 25% who said they had an office spouse, 45% of them, almost half of them admitted to having attractive or being attracted to that individual. So I find that really interesting. Oh, wow. I'm going well. to look at people in a different light now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Got to look at that office spouse, you know, and I, and I think it's true. It's, it's a person and it doesn't matter what gender they are, it, it, but it's a person that you confide in. It's a person that, you know, you, you chat up and you spend some time, maybe you go to lunch, et cetera. Uh, whatever that might be in our virtual world, you know, those of us who are working from home, it might be somebody that we reach out to on a regular basis to say, how's your day going, you know, what have you. But um, these relationships that can occur can be peer to peer, uh, in the case of my husband and I, uh, they can become, they, they can happen between management team members, right? And they can also happen between managers and their direct reports or a manager and anyone who's in a non-management role. Um, and even in today's remote work environment, especially with our younger generation uh, who is in the workplace right now, they're very comfortable with online relationships. It's, it's how a lot of them meet each other, right? And so being working from home means that they are in a I don't know. It's for them. It's a very natural transition to reach out to someone to get to know them online and therefore to have a relationship with someone who maybe I'm not physically working with side by side every day, but I can make a connection online virtually um, doesn't mean that it's it's precluding them from having relationships. If anything, uh, you know, it, it makes that conversation easier. Maybe it makes it less complicated uh, for all we know. Um, I will tell you, though, your best practice when you're having a relationship at work, and I would say especially if it is between a manager and a non-management personnel, uh, is that you make that relationship known. And I know that doesn't sound very attractive to people because most people will say it's no one's business, except that at work it kind of is. And so I think we have to consider the fact that it is better to let either my manager or more than likely human resources, someone in that position know that there's a relationship going on, uh, especially if it's between a manager and someone who is not in management so that people are aware that it is consensual, that it's consensual, there's no one who is forcing anyone or has you know, asked them for something in return and, and so forth. Um, most employers don't have fraternization policies. Right. So they're not going to turn if two people come forward and say, you know, we're seeing each other. Um, most employers are not going to go, hey, you know, you, you we're going to have to, you know, terminate one of your employments. Right. Or we're going to have to, you know, whatever, you're going to have to leave and go to a different location or whatever. That might be that second option might be an opportunity, especially if they're in a reporting relationship. If it is a direct report to a manager who's having a relationship with that manager, we may say we may need to reassign you to a different team so that we don't have the conflict of interest. 
However, um, most employers are not going to sit there and tell you who you can and cannot uh, have relationships with. Um, although I will tell you, uh, in light of the Me Too movement within the last few years, there has been a move, and this is mostly in larger uh, companies, um, there has been a move towards um, enacting what's called love contracts, <laughs> if you will. So, you know, think, think about love that. Love contracts. You will. Yeah. <laughs> what, what in the world? Let, let's see. I would imagine there's a slippery slope with harassment and like a quick quote, quo pro type of management, uh, subordinate type of role, right? I mean, with yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's what, a love contract is trying to ignore is the liability on the part of the employer to say, um, we understand you're in a consensual relationship. You are both signing this document that says you're in a consensual relationship and that you will not engage in any type of activity or what have you that will uh, violate our policies and procedures around harassment, retaliation, et cetera, you know, um, and that there will be consequences if you do. So that's, of course, one of the reasons why a couple may not come forward and want to say publicly we're in a relationship and have to sign such a document uh, is because, yes, their behaviors will be you know, monitor to some extent to say, are you within the guidelines? Are you within our policies and procedures and behaving as such? And I think that's really, I think that's important. I just, you're not going to see a lot of organizations do this. They're mostly larger organizations. They're, these love contracts are very difficult uh, to enforce. Uh, I would not say that they are usually legally binding uh, in a court of law. But what it does is it sets it sets some boundaries, it sets some guidelines, and it makes the employees more mindful that now that their relationship is known, they need to be careful of the way they behave, right? It's about you know the PDA, right? The public displays of affection. If it's a manager and a and a, and a direct report, it is about how the work assignments are going. That there's no favoritism being shown because. All of these things have consequences to them. If I'm in a relationship with my manager, for instance, and um, people are seeing from their perspective, they're seeing the assignments that I get as being more favorable than other people, or I'm being allowed a day off, for instance, that some other people might have you know, asked for and were denied, and I am getting that day off, all of a sudden a team can start to think that this relationship is starting to have some influence on the manager's choices, decisions, and so forth, and they're not in their direction, they're more beneficial to me which means we could be creating a hostile work environment based on our relationship, you know? So there's, there's a lot of things in this situation where we need to have uh, concerns. It's not just between the manager and um, a, a direct report, although those are probably the most problematic. And as you mentioned, the, the quid pro quo thing is important is that the manager's in this position of authority. And as a result, they may say, well, you know, I'll get you that promotion, you know, if you do this. Uh, or the person goes to break up with them, uh, with the manager. I go to break up with my manager that I'm going out with. And 
the manager then in some way retaliates against me, right? Um, starts taking away certain assignments or what have you, maybe is calling me out in, the, in front of other people during a meeting. All of a sudden I start to realize that because I broke up with the person, now I'm being treated differently. That is textbook quid pro quo. And so there's always those concerns, but I'll speak to just those of us who may just be attracted to someone who's a peer or just in general, some some guidelines, some practices that you really want to be mindful of. Uh, one of them is just simply asking someone out on a date. All right. The rule of thumb that I have always used and that I've always uh, taught when teaching harassment prevention is one and done. Right. You ask someone out if you're attracted to someone, you ask them out. If they say no, you're done. You're not going to continually ask them out. Again, could be creating a hostile environment by continuing to ask them out. They feel uncomfortable around you and you can understand how that would ensue. Um, the fact that we are all using company electronics. So if I am going to use my laptop or the computer or the workstation at my desk to communicate something to someone I'm attracted to, uh, to ask them out via those electronic communications, uh, et cetera. And those are the property of the company. I wanna be very careful of that. Uh, or I, maybe I have a company issued cell phone that I am using to either communicate with or worse, uh, to send provocative pictures. So that is unfortunately uh, a thing that has happened in the last, I'd say, you know, five to eight years is uh, people sending provocative pictures to each other. And I will tell you that even if you don't use uh, a company uh, provided phone for something like that, if you're doing it between you and someone at work, you're still going to have a problem and the company's going to have a problem with that as well. Um, and people need to also understand that um, consensual doesn't always mean that there's fairness, all right? If two people can be in that consensual relationship. And as I said, if that breakup between those two individuals leads to one acting against the other, they don't have to be in a management direct report relationship. They just have to be in a relationship. And if that relationship breaks up at work and the one person then takes action against them or starts treating them in a negative way, impacting how they feel in that work environment, that's gonna be an issue too. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone in a position of authority. It may not be then quid pro quo, but it certainly could be creating a hostile environment uh, for that employee who broke up with the other one. Um, and so we have to be really careful of this. This is really, to be honest with you, it's it's all about mindfulness and, and an understanding that it's not just about between people we work with, but people we encounter during our workday. So if you're working on site somewhere and there's a regular UPS delivery person, asking them out, uh, making comments to them that are either sexual or about their physicality or whatever, that also is a problem. And in a lot of states, that can get an individual and the place they work at in trouble too. Uh, here in New York, definitely, that is that is definitely the case. So it is not just about our, our colleagues, it's about um, suppliers, vendors, uh, clients, other people, if we're in the nonprofit world, donors, it's about anybody that we interact with, we have to be careful and mindful of those relationships. So the long and the short of it is, it's about mutual respect. It, it is about employees respecting each other, 
and, and in terms of the contact and the communications they have with each other and understanding that if I do have a relationship with someone at work, that even though people may know about it, if they didn't, they'd never be able to detect it because they don't see a difference in the way we interact with each other and the way that we treat each other. And that especially is important if it is a manager and someone who's in a non-management role. Um, employers should constantly, constantly be updating uh, their policies and making sure that they are allowing for the freedom of people who are attracted to each other to embark on relationships, but at the same time within the context of what is appropriate and what is professional in the workplace. Absolutely. Because wow. uh, as you saw with me, um, <laughs> these relationships actually uh, can be founded in something solid and they may lead to marriage and, um, you know, no one is to judge a person's relationship. It's to how they conduct themselves during that relationship. Wow. That's a lot to think about, you know, when you're when in, a, in a work environment and, you know, kind of embarking on that relationship, uh, I guess I never really thought about it from that capacity, but, um, it's interesting that you and Joe, um, met and uh, are 30 years later are, are still, you know, strong. So that's pretty neat. Um, it's, you know, and I guess it's about considering all the possible outcomes before you take any actions. You know, when I listen to what you said, it's really being mindful uh, of what it could be perceived and looked like. So, you know, to be aware of that. Um, if you are interested in submitting a question about today's topic, you can visit uh, our website at uh, pronowledgetraining forward slash pkpods, and that will take you uh, right to Elaine's contact information. She is happy to answer any questions uh, that you may have or like a what if scenario, and her email is eangelo at pronowledgetraining.com. And check out our other podcasts. Uh, we're covering lots of relevant topics in today's workplace. And we are all learning at the speed of need. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PK Pods presented by Pro Knowledge LLC. You can submit any follow-up questions you may have by visiting pronowledgetraining.com forward slash pkpods and connect with ProKnowledge on LinkedIn and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. Until next time, we hope you continue to learn at the speed of need. This podcast is informational only and does not constitute legal advice. Please consult with legal counsel or your organization's human resources department for guidance or further interpretation of any law, regulation, or policy.